0: Wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high-heel shoes, got her wings on, too.
2: Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. Uh, In this episode, I have quite a few stories from, I took a quick trip to Grenada. It It was actually really, really fun. And in this episode, we have stories about spiders, humpbacks, head injuries, bug hairspray, and butlers. Let's get on with the show. So the passengers' questions and things they say, in general, you almost know what they're going to say before they speak, as soon as they, like, open their mouth, just because it's always the same things, you know, can I use the lavatory on the ground? Basically, when when they're walking towards me on the ground, I want to just say yes, (laughs) before they even say, can I use the lavatory on the ground? Uh, They will, you know. During the flight, it's, am I going to make my connection? Or during boarding, it's, you know, there's no space for my bag. It's like all the same over and over and over again. You know, the last row, we might as well be out on the wing. Anyway, same thing, same thing, same thing. But then every once in a while, (laughs) they will throw me so much that I will be speechless. So the other day, we're boarding, and this woman, she's holding a bag, plastic bag, and she says to me, um are the overhead bins refrigerated? I literally just stood there blinking. (laughs) Because I was thinking, are the overhead bins refrigerated? So I said, why would the overhead bins be refrigerated? And she said, well, in case the passengers have food they want to keep cold. And I'm like, thinking to myself, so all the overhead bins on all the planes would be like a refrigerator just in case you have some food you want to keep cool. <laughs> it was just I literally stood there just blinking and then I I I didn't know what to say because I it was just such a strange question that I said, no, they're not re- refrigerated, but that one over there, that's an oven. <laughs> I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> So, I was uh, flying to Grenada, and the flight attendant on the flight kept making PAs uh, welcome aboard our flight to Grenada, uh, our flight time to Grenada, and I'm looking around going, Grenada? I thought it's Grenada. I've always heard it, Grenada. I've always pronounced it in my head, Grenada, but I'm always one to question myself. I'm so easily wrong, as you guys know. (laughs) And uh, so... I asked people around me the age-old question, you know, is it Grenada, 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 and everybody around me said Grenada, so I'm going with Grenada, and the rest of this podcast, it's Grenada. So on my flight to Grenada, uh, I was uh, was sitting in coach, but I didn't have anybody sitting next to me. And I was watching a movie. I had some cheese and crackers. It was actually very pleasant. Uh, I was having a nice flight. And about uh, three hours into the flight, I get up to go to the lavatory. You know, I'm a passenger. I'm in regular clothes. I had on a cute um, dress. And um, I'm walking down the airplane going to the bathroom and about halfway back a woman grabs my arm and I was thinking huh and I was thinking first I thought oh oh I know someone on this flight that's odd that's unusual so I look at the woman and I don't I don't recognize her and I'm starting to think do I know her and I don't recognize her because that happens to me a lot I meet a lot of people and then she's looking at me funny and then she blatantly looks me up and down and I was thinking What is going on here? Why did she grab my arm? And why is she looking at me up and down? And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a flight attendant. And I thought, oh my goodness, what do I have it? Stamped on my forehead or something? (laughs) It's weird.
0: Yeah, I um, was flying to Madrid. And I'm a Dutch speaker, but I know a little bit of Spanish. Okay. So when the passengers ask for a drink, I can... Yeah,
2: pretty
0: much. Yeah, you know, what they call restaurant Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come to a gentleman and he's asking me for Hugo. Oh, yeah. Hugo. And yeah. I said, okay, Hugo the Arana, uh, Hugo the Manzana. Right and the spanish speaker on my cart he says what are you saying and i said i'm asking him what kind of or orange well araña is close to oranya in dutch which is written a lot like the word orange so i'm saying in spanish i'm saying spider juice because <laughs> it's really like arachnid. Hugo de Araya is spider juice. I'm supposed to be saying naraha, (laughs) spider juice, spider juice.
2: On my flight to Grenada... Uh, the couple sitting across from me was going to be staying at Sandals. Now I have never stayed at Sandals. I've seen the property a couple places and they do look really beautiful, but man, it's expensive. It's all inclusive, but like over $800 a night. Like to me, I can't even fathom. Like it, it's so cost prohibitive. I mean, it must be nice. So I asked the couple across for me, um, because I'm slightly fascinated with this butler on vacation idea. Like, I didn't even know. I think I was in the Bahamas when they were telling, uh, uh, this couple was telling me they had a butler. And I was like, a butler! A butler! Like, to me, that that's like a term from another time. Like, who has a butler? Who needs a butler? Uh, who is a butler? I don't know. I just, I find butlers rather fascinating. So I asked them, I said, um, so do you have a butlered room? Cause that's what I heard it called before. <laughs> that sounds weird too, a butlered room. And, uh, they said, oh yes, we're, we're having a butler. And I said, uh, what, what, what does a butler do for you? And they said, oh, well, the, uh, they will go out there and get your beach chair like at six o'clock in the morning. So you get the best beach chair. And I was thinking, I would imagine for $800 a night, most of the beach beach chairs are pretty darn nice at Sandals. So I said, okay, well, what else? And uh, they said, well, we like Bud Light and they don't serve Bud Light at Sandals. So the butler will go off property and get us Bud Light. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, it's $800 a night. It's all-inclusive. Uh, they have, I'm, I'm sure, every nice drink imaginable. But these people like cheap, weak American beer. So, uh, they get a butler. So, all righty.
3: Oh, oh. Oh. This
2: trip. Grenada was actually surprisingly adventurous. I really had a good time. I took a local ferry to the island of Karakou and uh, the ferry was really fun. There were lots of flying fish and birds swooping down trying to catch the flying fish, and uh, it was really windy. I don't know. I like being on a boat. (laughs) I I like it. I like modes of transportation that might make me weird. I don't know. I like the flight. I like the ferry. I like the little planes. (laughs) I like all of it. So, uh I'm watching them unload the ferry. I like all that too. I like just seeing how how life is led other places and what they have and how they do things. So, I'm watching them unload the ferry and um my suitcase they had put it in like a hold and um they're unloading the ferry and they're throwing the suitcases at each other and one's throwing and one's catching and I'm thinking Sheesh, you know, it's much harder to catch a heavy suitcase than be handed a a suitcase. And, like, my suitcase super heavy because I like, um, you know, a snorkel, and mask, all kind of stuff, and I don't want to check it. Anyway, a little further down the ferry, I'm watching that, too, because I'm always interested, and uh, they're unloading cases of beer. And the guy is throwing the cases of beer, and it's a girl catching them. And I was so impressed because I'm thinking, I have never had a case of beer thrown at me. (laughs) Seems crazy.
1: Okay, what are you doing when you get home from this trip? I'm gonna cut fabric to make doggy band belts.
2: Doggy what belts?
1: Band or belts, they're called. Doggy belts. What is it? It's a piece of fabric (laughs) that is... Four and a half inches wide and 15 inches long and it has waterproof lining and it also has a space to put a poise pad in it. And it is attachable. So it's like when, a doggy diaper? It's like a do- almost like a doggy diaper but it also helps doggies from getting anxious and fearful because of thunderstorms. It keeps their tummies tight and for a male, for a male doggy it covers their little pee pee. So if they have an accident and you put the poise pad in it, it goes right in there. But you no, don't have to. But is it, so? Is it like a doggy jock strap? I still <laughs> no. It's not a jock strap because it doesn't go over the butt. <laughs> it only goes over the belly. Oh, it goes
2: just around the belly. Uh, around the belly, and witness.
1: then and then it, if it's a little boy, it goes lower because it has to cover his little pee-pee. <laughs> so okay. so when he has an accident, the peepee's in the poise pad. <laughs>
2: so i go to a lot of beach type areas and i'm by myself and you know i can't leave my valuables and i certainly don't want to leave a hotel key because the hotel key is the thing that worries me the most because if i go out snorkeling what if i'm gone for half an hour someone gets the hotel key then everything i have is gone You know, so now it's a real problem, not just your, you know, beach cover up and your book and, um, you know, things you might leave at the beach and same with a camera. I don't want to leave a camera. So I have developed a system. It actually works quite well. So I, uh, (laughs) I have a rash guard, you know, like a tight swim shirt and, uh, I have a dry pack, you know, it's kind of like a hard case dry pack. So I can put the keys or if I have car keys and money or if I have a credit card in the dry pack. So I put the dry pack, it's on like a chain. Uh, I put it around my neck and I put it to the back, okay? And then I put the, the rash guard, the shirt over top of that. And then I have the GoPro and it's on a stick, you know, stick to extend or whatever. and um, And I put that down the front of my shirt. So, I've got a hump in the back and a stick in the front. <laughs> and then I go in the water. Let me tell you, it's, it's really a, a, a fetching. It's a good look. Hump in the back, stick in the front. You might be wondering why I'm playing the Reykjavik music again remember i went to iceland in november and i took a road trip around that beautiful frozen island and uh in the december episode i played the song that i heard a hundred times as i drove (laughs) and i just recorded it in my car because i searched i looked i tried to find it it was like Reykjavik song um when I was listening in the car, it's in Icelandic, right? So I'm listening in the car and it sounded like murder me, Reykjavik, murder me. So I had heard it so often that I was just singing along, murder me, Reykjavik, murder me, <laughs> even though it's kind of a ridiculous thing to sing. And uh, I have the best listeners and a listener named Bill was so kind, he found the song and the song is called Froken. Froken. Reykjavik. I thought it was fucking Reykjavik. (laughs) It's broken Reykjavik. And it's by Friedrich Dörr. And he actually got me the English translation. Now, you remember what I thought it was, you know, murder me, fucking Reykjavik, murder me. (laughs) Okay, this is what it actually says. Who walks there along Oster Street and smells like spring flowers with a bold face and a look of superiority in amazingly red shoes. Oh, it's a girl like no other. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. Oh, it is a girl like no other. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. Here, and I'm thinking murder me Reykjavik. <laughs> it's so opposite of what I thought it was. Who sits there with shining golden locks in the grass by Arna such bright youth and new nylon stockings and a new low-cut chiffon dress. Oh, it is her like no other. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. Oh, it is a girl like no other. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. I'm singing Murder Me, and this is a love song. It's a love song. <laughs> <laughs> who glides there along the south bank of Torjan Pond to meet with a young man who waits alone in a brown red leather jacket by the birch trees next to Hamja Oh, it is a girl like no other. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. Oh, it is a girl like no other. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. It is her, Miss Reykjavik. <laughs> no murdering in the whole thing. Oh, to murder me. So, it seems like you have a lot of interesting information. I find this very interesting. And so, uh, you were telling me things i never heard of before, one of them was what SHIT stands for. Oh,
0: SHIP. High. In. Transit. I don't really understand. Cargo.
2: Well, I guess you'll have to Google it. Did you say something to do with manure? They would have to... They'd...
0: The manure had to be stacked at the top so it would stay dry, so I guess? Shit.
2: Ship, ship, high and transit. Okay. Now the other one. It this might is. Be an urban where, where, this is. Where are you from? I'm from Pittsburgh. Where are you from? Kansas. Kansas. You don't sound like you're
1: from Kansas. Yes, I did. I I I'm born in Kansas. Okay. But I came to India because my dad, their their parents, their parents live in India. Yes. Indians. That's where you sound like you're from, but you're from Kansas. Yeah, they, my dad and my, yeah, my dad born in India.
2: Okay, so I'm going to ask her another question. This I found fascinating. What's that? It's a recorder. She's going to tell me a story. So, I've heard the saying, it costs an arm and a leg, and I just thought that meant that you'd have to cut off an arm and a leg.
0: (laughs) Who would want, who would want it? (laughs) Dismembered arm as payment. No, when you were when you had your portrait painted, you had to pay the artist according to how many limbs he was to paint. Which and is fascinating, yeah, because like it, hands, yeah, it, and it yeah. So a lot of times you see them standing behind a desk with one arm behind them and no legs. So they only had to pay to have one arm painted. So if something is very expensive, it
2: costs an arm and a leg.
0: I find that that's
2: music for the rest of the show I recorded in Grenada it's uh, the wizard steel band you know for a little grenadian flavor I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon you went to my website Betty in the sky dot Clicked on the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you anything and it supports the show and I like to see what people buy. And this past month, somebody bought an expensive Olympus camera and a GoPro. Somebody else bought a Carol Burnett show, Carol's favorites DVD. Love Carol Burnett. And uh, and someone else bought an air lounger. And I had to look that up because I was like, what's an air lounger? I I, I was picturing something you blow up and have in a pool, but it was actually a blow up couch. (laughs) Blow <laughs> up couch. Anyway, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, please consider going to my website, bettyinthesky.com. Click through. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. Thank you so so very much. This is a story where I'm a bad person, horrible person. Uh, I'm on Kariku, uh in front of my hotel. I- I- I'm I'm sitting at the beach, and I was about to go take a walk on the beach, and I see a local guy, um, getting ready. To, I thought he was going fishing because he had, like, a float. Sometimes you'll have a float, which is a good idea. I should probably have a float. He had a float and a couple, like, um, empty water bottles. Uh, he, att- he was attaching to himself, so this way, you know, boats won't run him over. And that's, you know, a, a real problem, especially in an area where there's a lot of boats. And, you know, you can blend in with the water. So he's got this float. And I-, I assumed he was going fishing, but I didn't see him have a spear or anything. So he headed out, and I asked a guy... Um, on the beach another local guy i'm like how's he gonna catch fish and the guy's like oh no he's not um he's not fishing he's just swimming for exercise that guy he, he likes to swim i was like oh okay makes sense so then i take a long walk down the beach just about as far as i could go stopped at a little beach bar and had i like to try um whatever local beer is every place i'm actually not much of a beer person but i like to try the different beers all over you know, It's kind of a thing. <laughs> um, I notice I'm sitting there and i noticed here comes that float that guy had swam really far out swam the whole way down the beach I had walked and now I had had a beer and now it's swimming back in and he's coming back out and I was like oh hey I saw you I saw you going all the way down there you really swam a long way so he came up he was as nice as could be Uh, couldn't be friendlier. Uh, He lives on the island. He was telling me all about, which is, you know, my favorite part. I love to talk to the locals. I like to learn about other places. He's very articulate. He was telling me about how Cuba has been very good to the Caribbean islands, lending doctors, training doctors, how their doctors are so, um, they're they're as good as doctors in the United States. And I'm, I'm listening to all this. It's it's quite pleasant. He was like, well, "Are you going to be walking back down?" Uh, so we walked down the beach together. He was like, "I was really enjoying talking to this man. Uh, I really liked him." And then here's where I'm the terrible person. I'm totally focused on how long his nose hair is. His nose hair was like, it came like an inch out of his nose, and it was gray. Uh, the hair on his head wasn't gray. And uh, I just, we were having this lovely conversation. I was really enjoying talking to him and I'm totally focused on long nose hair. So I think that makes me a terrible person because, you know, maybe in some cultures that's attractive. So we had landed in Amsterdam and uh, normally when we land in Amsterdam, we land on this runway that is so far from the airport. Like you see it when you're driving down the freeway. It's like you have to taxi for 20 it can be twenty five minutes, which is a long drive. <laughs> so and you're strapped into your jump seat at this point. And uh uh on on the front of the plane on this plane, there's there's four of us strapped in. So, you know, to me, that's an audience. And they can't get away. <laughs> so I usually am telling stories. I'm usually talking and uh I was telling a story. I believe I was talking about Iceland, my recent trip to Iceland. And uh, this day, we, didn't, we must not have landed on that far runway because it only took like five minutes. And so we were all like, oh, my gosh, we're here. And I said, oh, wow, I normally can tell like three more stories with my captive audience.
3: I'm doing a beverage. <laughs> and the guy asked for Bloody Mary and I take out the can of Bloody Mary mix, uh-huh. and the guy in the aisle that asked for the Bloody Mary is wearing a white golf sweater.
2: I know where so, this is going.
3: I shook the can, <laughs> as you have to do with Bloody Mary mix, and it all over the guy.
2: It was open.
1: It was open.
2: I think that's happened to all of us. It's just such a shame though.
3: But then another, like white golf shirt kind of thing. He had a, it. Was like water, not not waterproof, but it wouldn't no. underneath. It wouldn't go on to something else. And I, and I had just come off a of medical leave, and I was working first class on on um, domestic on the 320, and we got those new brown trays that were kind of slippery. Right. <laughs> Two glasses of red wine. And I just go to move, because we used to do beverage carts in first class. Right, right. So, and I wasn't used to these new trays, and they were kind of slippery. So those two glasses of red wine slide right along. Right onto. And then dump right over on this guy's white golf shirt. Jeez. Yeah, I have problem with white and golfing. <laughs> I was
2: staying at the Mermaid Beach Hotel and Resort. It has like 20 rooms. It's nice for that island. I mean, it wouldn't be considered nice. Certainly wouldn't be nice, you know, in those sandals (laughs) category. It's like $100 a night. So it was like the nicest hotel on the island. And I was kind of splurging. And um, I'd been there a day. And then the next day, my second day, all of a sudden, there's this like, um, guy in a fancy outfit, like a First, I thought maybe he was in a band. It was like, oh, he had a hat. He looked totally out of place on this casual island, and uh, I would say hello to him. And then, like on my second time in and out of my room, I said, "Are you working?" And he's like, "Oh, yes, uh, I'm guard. I'm a guard." And I was like, "Oh." So the next time out of my room, I'm like. What are you guarding? Because I was thinking, are you guarding the beach? And, you know, I don't seem pretty safe on the island. I not know. And he goes, he, I could actually see him looking me up and down and uh, sussing me out and, and correctly assuming that I would not know my Grenadian um, politicians. <laughs> and he said, a very important lady is staying here and I'm guarding her. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm thinking, oh, it's one of their, you know, um, prime minister or somebody. And uh, (laughs) that night, it was a Tuesday night, and there were only like four restaurants in this town, and three of them were closed on Tuesdays, and I was starting to think I was going to have to eat my, um, I had some peanuts in my room. That's all I had, and I thought, well, I might have to have that for dinner. You know, that's a very flight attendant peanut dinner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what you get on the plane peanuts except for not anymore since there's so many peanut allergies so anyway um i finally find hotel Lorena has the restaurant open and i was thinking oh thank goodness i can have dinner so i go in there and i sit down and there's the guy in the fancy outfit and then another guy in like a fancy um guard outfit it's like their secret service the grenadian secret service and there was the lady she's like second in charge she's uh she is a very important lady and i was having <laughs> dinner next to them <laughs> you know there's something about you know a small place it's just like a uh, uh your experiences are so different like can you imagine if i was having uh dinner next to the vice president here in the united states uh- <laughs> That would be highly unusual, but not in Grenada. Okay, so then uh, there was a really nice, I had met really nice people on this trip. Like I talked to a Canadian couple, and then there was this really nice Australian couple. They walked me home that night. um, And uh, I just, and then I saw that Australian couple at breakfast again, because we were only four places. (laughs) We had another nice conversation. And then this other lady comes up, and uh, uh, she starts talking to us. I love that about traveling that everybody talks because, you know, just in general here in the United States, you just don't, you're just not always talking to the people at the table next to you. It's just not, it's not the same, but when you're a small place like that and everybody has a story, so this, you could tell this woman wanted to talk and she was like, oh my gosh, I have been on this sailboat and, uh, we rented the boat for, uh, a week and the darn thing leaks and we keep having to bail and there can't be alarms and I was afraid it was gonna sink so I bailed I bailed on my people I left my companions even my boyfriend <laughs> she goes I'm taking the ferry back from here to Grenada I'm not staying on that boat it's gonna sink and and it's also funny to me because it's one of those countries you have those countries where you know things might work they might not work things might be on time they might not be on time you might rent a boat and it might have uh, you know a leak and and you might sink <laughs> and she said oh well, my boyfriend was saying well if we sink we'll be on major you know uh thoroughfare there's always boats. someone will uh rescue us and she was like oh no thank you <laughs> Not sinking, not, you know, going to rely on someone saving us. I'm bailing right now and going to have breakfast, and then I'm taking a real ferry back to Grenada. (laughs) I just love the the stories you hear. Some places they do that for ice cream. They hunk a horn and they have ice cream, but here it's fish. Yeah, it's fish. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the island of Karaku and uh, I wanted to go see this cemetery that is um, basically getting washed out to sea because of the global warming and rising ocean water. And I had heard from my nice Australian couple that um, they thought the place was, you know, hunting and lovely. I mean, it's weird in a way. Um, I mean, it's sad that they're losing the graves. Some of the graves are from like 1700s and some of them are half in the ocean, half out, but in a weird way, it's like you were buried in the land and then going out to sea. It did have like a haunting kind of beautiful vibe to it. Uh, but I had, um, arranged for, a. Uh, a taxi driver to come pick me up at my hotel take me to the cemetery and then to the airport and uh, I'm waiting outside my hotel I checked out just hanging out there and um the guy never showed <laughs> it's just the way things go you'd think you'd want the business but I was waiting and waiting and while I was waiting there it was actually lucky that I was waiting there as I'm I'm waiting there and this lady in a, in a truck pulls up and she says hey hey um are you going on the flight today I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, it's leaving an hour early. And then pulled away and left. <laughs> That's just, I remember I was in Madagascar one time and the plane was leaving hours early. Like there's very few places in the world where planes just leave early. You know, you could easily just miss it because i are going to show up when you're going to show up and then it's already gone. But luckily I was standing <laughs> waiting for my taxi that didn't come. And a lady in a, in a truck told me we were leaving early. So as I was waiting there, this, this, other truck pickup truck goes by and there's a guy blowing a horn but it was a a conch shell it's amazing the sound he could make with the conch shell and uh all these people came running out i thought he was going to be selling ice cream but he was selling fish (laughs) i actually recorded him here's him
1: hey
2: What year did you say the uh, 1896. town? 1896. 1896. That's impressive. Yes. But before it used to be a sugarcane plantation. But under the British, they made this town. Yes. So the British were, were the... Were they the first ones here? No, the first one over here was this, the Yawaks. Then we had the tides then we had the French. Then we had the British and the French fighting many times until they shared it up between themselves. They oh, they shared it? Up. Yeah, they shared it up and then signed up the treaty between them. Yes. But this used to be the biggest estate on the island, Bochejou estate. That's French, yeah? That was since in the French time. But when the British came, they still kept it as Bochejou. That's why most of the names of the villages are still remain in French. Oh, I see. They were never changed by the British.
3: I had buddy bed with a friend of mine, we were on the 727 and I don't remember where we were going and but oh yeah we were going back to Detroit and the smoke detector goes off in the lavatory so Susan goes in and first, uh, so Susan February. well this was close to the time when we when smoked. when we had abolished cigarette yeah. smoking and so he thought he was going to sneak one in the lavatory so the so the smoke detector goes off so susan knocks on the door sir 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 and so he opens the door and she she said were you smoking in the the lavatory yes so where'd you put your cigarette in my pocket. Oh
2: my
0: God. <sighs> Brilliant.
3: Okay, sir, do you have your boarding pass? I can't find it. Do you have any ID on you? Pulls out the New York Mental Corrections <laughs> <laughs> identification. <laughs> you a lit cigarette in his and pocket? It wasn't lit. Oh. He had made her nervous because every time she was walking by his head would whip back and forth following her and so in one time he had asked her before he went smoking in the bathroom did you ever see the Twilight Zone episode where where the guy with the wand touched the airplane and it disappeared so between the head whipping In the twilights though, she was freaked out by the guy. So we didn't have him arrested or anything. Obviously he didn't have all his wits about him, but we did have the aircraft met and just by a supervisor. And when we walked out of the, off the airplane and off of the jet bridge, we saw him lurking. (laughs) Whipping his head. (laughs) behind one of the columns in the airport. It's like, Susan, he's still hanging around. Bless his heart. Bless his heart.
2: I think I've mentioned before that I love how they sell fresh coconuts And beach areas and I love just drinking the coconut juice and eating the flesh it's just one of my favorite things so there was a guy uh, that's how he makes his business he climbs up the trees gets the coconut and then he walks up and down the beach selling the coconut so I'm all excited I'm yes I want a coconut (laughs) I you know it doesn't take much to excite me I'm like oh coconut and then uh, I do like also because I bought a coconut then two other tourists bought coconuts it's kind of that monkey see monkey do you know um, you know a yard sale that has other people at it it gets more popular. So anyway, uh, I had had my coconut. And then the people that had bought the coconut, because I had bought the coconut. Um, I was going to go throw my coconut away. And we started chatting a little bit. And um, I- I'm holding my coconut in my GoPro and my dry sack, dry pack. And um, we're chatting. And they-, they were under the tree for uh, shade. And I could have really hurt myself on this trip. I mean, because this could have gone bad. I go to walk away to go throw my coconut away and i hit my head full on straight on to this low limb of this tree that they were sitting under for shade So much so that I fell backwards like one of the Three Stooges, like legs akimbo, sand everywhere, coconut flying. You know, I could have knocked myself out cold. Like I, I, you know, I'm so not graceful, I guess. And you know, also to me, it was like something out of a movie where, like, on the Three Stooges, where you they'd hit themselves on the head and fall backwards. But you know, I like sat there for I thought I better not go snorkeling for a little while because I could have I could have a (laughs) serious. Head injury. <laughs> just call me great. I'm so
0: glad we had this time together just to have a laugh
4: or a I was fortunate enough to have Carol Burnett oh. and her husband on my flight. And she was one of the nicest people out of my whole career. She would always say, what is your name? And she would call you by name. But when we landed, after I did the PA, just say, welcome to whatever city. I, at the very end, I added, we're so glad we had this time together. <laughs> and you could hear her from first class, her <laughs> bellowing laugh. And it just really made me laugh too, because obviously she got it, you know. So I just, thoroughly. Oh, that's so cute. I loved her. Yeah. Out of all the people, I'll never forget her, because she just is so, so kind and. What did you say on the BA? I just said, we're so glad we had this time together. <laughs>
2: I'm leaving Grenada, and I'm a regular passenger. I have to do everything like all the other passengers, so I have all my liquids and little containers in a baggie, just like I'm supposed to. I know all my rules. Uh, All the other passengers are complaining, complaining about the airport. But, you know, like I said before, I like all of it. I still think it's fun feels adventurous i don't know but uh i had gone into the restroom to brush my hair because it had been raining there and the humidity and i get that i've mentioned before i get that hair gets all fuzzy and turns into like a blonde afro very attractive (laughs) so i brush it and i'm gonna uh, spray it some hairspray and i'm spraying my hairspray and i was like oh something smells bad it's like a pungent smell and i realized i had sprayed my hair with bug repellent <laughs> now I've got like 12 hours to get home and I'm going to stink and my hair is uh crunchy well that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together thanks bye I'm so
0: glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started, and before you know it, comes the time.